there to the GM live at Boom Boss Craft Pizza in Tab House out in East Nashville. Again, Preds Insiders coming up after us here. And then Smashville Live. You can register to win Preds tickets. Again, we're at the one in East Nashville tonight. They've got huge locations, though, all throughout the Middle Tennessee area. Spring Hill, Bellevue, Murfreesboro, and this huge location we're at in East Nashville where they got TVs everywhere, including the one where we got distracted, Floyd. By Teron Davenport yeah. on Sports Center, TD. Hit the big time. You know, TD showed up today wearing a suit, and I said to TD when uh, before Vrabel talked, I said, "You're going to Sports Center today, aren't you?" He said, "Yeah, you know, I'm doing a little bit of an update." Now, uh, <laughs> the only times I see TD in a suit at practice are when he's going on Sports Center. So it was this time, and the joint practices with the Patriots were the only two times I've seen TD in a suit at practice. But TD doing his thing. On Sports Center now, Good I, I have to ask a question that I know you hate that we have to ask on this show. What's the question? Well, today Marcus Mariota has officially failed as the Titans quarterback. Fair. Well, I don't know. That's officially, not the question. That's the statement but, that leads to the question. Yeah, I mean, he's certainly, you know, in trouble. It's over. It's over. And when well, you say that, Tannehill could go out and get hurt in the first quarter. And then Marcus could rally everybody back and I'll get up well, on the I'm show. Not saying he's I told rally. you. I'm not saying he's like I'm on the Mari Povich show or something. But he would be back. John Robinson. Yes. Has he failed Mariota? Is this on him? Is this, as I said to start the show, strike two for John Robinson. You know, and you know how baseball works. I know you don't like baseball, but you know how it works. Three strikes, you out. And I do blame John Robinson for a lot of this. And I'm really starting to look, and I think a lot of fans are starting to look at John Robinson like, hey, dude, like, what's going on here? You know, you pay the big money for Roger Saffold. The guy can't block. I'm sure there's a reason why, Floyd. But to us on the outside, we just look at it like you're the general manager. And we need you to bring in guys who can block. That's the problem, is that people make a bunch of decisions on people that don't know how to make the right decisions. And consequently, they, you get a lot of things going that, that just simply aren't true. I mean, we hear this all the time. And But anyway, go ahead. Well, uh, the other side of this is he fired a playoff coach and has brought in a coach not, who Jerry, for whatever. Jerry, you are not going to continue saying that. That he fired a playoff coach? You are not going to continue saying that. Because you know the truth just like I do. And you need to start being honest with all that. I am not not being honest. You need to start being honest. The rumor is... No, no. I don't care what the rumor is. Well, you're saying that Mike Malarkey wouldn't fire Rubisky, and that's why... I didn't say anything. That's what you're alluding to. I'm not alluding to anything. I'm saying you know. And because you know, you need to start being honest about it. I don't know. Corey Curtis has told me that that's not necessarily the case. And Corey Curtis not necessarily. Is, and Corey Curtis, <laughs> in case you haven't noticed, is pretty dialed in with the former coach of this team. Okay. So make of that what you will. But again, regardless of if it was about firing Rubisky or not, where I sit today, where I sit, he fired the playoff coach and his hand-picked coach is not doing a good enough job. I think we can all agree on that. And I like Vrabel, the guy. Vrabel, the coach, I'm a little worried about, but Vrabel, the guy I like. I like John Robinson, the guy. But I looked at this roster, and I, I picked, okay, there are eight guys who do not belong to him. And that's if you count Mariota, which I don't technically believe, but 
that's okay. Eight guys that don't belong to him. Mariota, Lawan, Daquan Jones, Woodyard, Delaney, Bo Brinkley, Brett Kern, and Jarrell Casey. That is the group of guys on this team that do not belong to him. I picked guys that I look at and I say, that guy is a player that he's brought in. Those are eight guys he, he that has nothing to do with. I got eight guys I look at that I'm like, he's a player. Fired, Logan Ryan, Jayon Brown, Adoree Jackson, Kenny Vaccaro, Malcolm Butler, Rashawn Evans, and maybe A.J. Brown. Like, I'm, I'm waiting for more. I'm waiting for, you know, you draft. You have the number one pick in a draft. You trade out of it. You get a left ta- You get a right tackle. Not sure on him. Don't pick up the fifth-year option. You get a running back. Not sure on him. You get D tackles. Not sure on them. I mean, we're getting to this point with John Robinson where it's like these guys you've drafted. Corey Davis, for example. It's time to produce. And these guys aren't producing. So you add that in with the fact that Marcus was better before he went with these guys, before he went to Vrabel, before he went to Corey Davis, before he tried to fix this offensive line. And even though I've agreed with a lot of the decisions he's made, now I didn't agree with the decision to get rid of the head coach, but even though I have agreed with a lot of the decisions he's made, as I sit here today, they're not working out. I thought Saffold was the exactly right thing that this team needed. Saffold has been terrible. Here we go. <laughs> so with this, you were just, yesterday. The discussion was, well, they did this, and I agreed with it, and they did that, and I agreed with it, and they did that, I agreed with. It. You listened fifteen things. Well, now you're flopping to the other side. Now you're going through and you're listening things that you pretend like you didn't agree with. Like what? I mean, so I don't know. I can't figure you out, so I don't pay attention. But I will say this. Look at this defense and tell me who he didn't bring in. Who Casey. Casey for the last two years. And Daquan Jones. And Woodyard. Fine. Three. So the last two years, as good a defense as we've played in, who knows how long, he brought everybody in but two. Since 2008. Okay. Now, you go over the other side, you look at the receivers, and you say, are these receivers, would you rather have A.J. Brown than uh, Kendall Wright? I don't know. Would you? You don't know? Well, like a guy, for example, a guy like Kendall Wright, these are, like we these know. Are all, these are all yes or no answers. Well, like we know his career. We don't know what A.J. Brown's going to be. Rashard Matthews, what do you, more productive what do receiver think, than any of these guys. What do you think? Richard, how, what would, how many balls did Rashard Matthews catch in his best year? I don't know. I don't have any. 65. How many did Davis catch last year? 65. Nah. <laughs> you got that. I mean, you, can, you talk about things, but you don't know. That's what I'm saying. Don't do that. If you know it, that's fine. Spit it out there. But, I mean, you can't. Rashard Matthews quit this team. True story. So you would, you, any way, shape, or form, you're telling me Richard Matthews is better than Davis. I would disagree. If for no other reason than because he's a quitter. Well, that's... So, I mean, you take it for whatever you want. But I don't want that guy on my team. And I would much rather have Davis. Now, is, there, is the offensive line in shambles right now? Yes, it is. I mean, there is absolutely no doubt in that. But you love the running back. You love the tight end. You love all those guys. You love the punter. 
You love the kicker. Well, you didn't bring the punter. You love I that. hate the kicker. You, I don't even know about the kicker. You love the long snapper. Don't even not, know about the kicker. Not this kicker. I'm talking about the real kicker. Oh, he didn't bring him in either. Okay, there's four. So, out of 22 or out of how many, there's four that he didn't bring in. And it's gone. And as you put it, we just won nine games three years in a row. The first time they've ever done that in the history of the franchise. And they benched the quarterback that did that. So, how is it? that we're going to start pointing fingers on all of that. I mean, it's, it's, and this is, and I, the only reason I'm doing this is because, I mean, I've been sitting in that very chair. I know exactly what's going through. And there's never anybody that gives it their side because you and a lot of people, not just you, but a lot of people, I mean, this is the, this is a golden opportunity for them. This, the vultures are cir- circling. I like we John Robinson. We just got rid of the quarterback. We just got, well, let's really, we can mushroom this into much, much more than this. Let's see if we can do a little bit more damage here. And, and I, I just think you need to step back a minute and really analyze what's going on before we get to that point. So when do I need to be mad at the general manager? When it's too late? I the mean, worst the, team general, what, the general manager has done nothing. He, <laughs> He just had a draft class right now that may, be, may end up being as good as any that he's had. The one with Nate Davis in it? Yes. I mean, you see, you're trying to form an opinion on Nate Davis that you couldn't afford, inform him if he played for two years. And he's played for two games. And yet you want to form an opinion on him. How can you do that? Because I expect a lot of I have been doing this for 40 years, and I can't make an opinion. I can't, I can't point a finger one way or the other because I don't know. And I've told you that ten times. I don't know. And I guarantee you don't know. But yet you're going to throw your opinion out there. And that's what's frustrating for all these guys. The next big step for the Titans is going to be picking the next quarterback. And I just don't know if in my heart I feel like John Robinson should be – like. I, I mean, he's going to pick the next quarterback, so I don't know why I'm really complaining about oh, it. Yeah, but I, I just don't know if John Robinson has – I mean, like, there's too many Corey Davises on this team, guys that I think might be good players. I don't know. But with a quarterback, you got to get a guy that I that in three years we know is a good quarterback. Let, let me ask you a question. How many times has that happened? Forget here. Just in the NFL. Draft a guy and you have no idea general. about him? You draft a quarterback high, first-round quarterback. How many of those guys actually make it? I don't know, like probably 20%. <laughs> there you go, 80% failure. Well, I need him to be the For 20%. For everybody in the league. So the chances you – I mean, look at the um, – Vince Young failed. Um, Locker failed. And now this failed. I mean, there's three right there. That's, exa- that's actually how I came up with the 20% was I, I figured that you took a first-round quarterback at some point that didn't work or whatever, the Oilers or Titans or whatever. And then I figured between McNair, Young, Locker, and Mariota, one guy's hit. So I figured, you know, 20%. But, again, I mean, I, but w- we, we want John Robinson to go whenever they when they find the next quarterback, I don't care if it's in the fourth round, I don't care if he's an undrafted free agent, I don't care if he's from Canada, I don't care if he's you know from the Philippines, I don't care if he, I don't care, I don't care if he's from Beirut, I don't care. 
I just want him to be the guy that takes the Titans out of the exact position where I find the Titans in today. And believe me, nobody wants that more than John Robinson. Nobody. Nobody. That's his number. If that, in fact, is what's going to happen, that will be his number one mission in life, to get that done, just like the other 80% that failed. So let's take your calls. (laughs) Question for the callers. Floyd does not blame John Robinson one iota for anything. And except the right guard. You got to be, I mean, not that Davis can't play or anything like that. We don't know. But you were not, you were very anti letting Klein go when it happened. So that's the one thing where, you know, you, but I mean, I'm, I, I like John Robinson, the guy. I'm worried about John Robinson picking the next quarterback. What do you think? 615-737-1025-615-737-1025. Jared, the GM, live from Boom Boss, Craft Pizza, and Tap House, TSP and 1025, the game. Who all went into that decision-making? I'm sure yourself, J-Rob, was Miss Amy Adams strong? Sure. I mean, everybody in the organization is on board and um, on the same page. You know, we're aligned. You know, talk to the coaches, you know, take input from a lot of people. You know, I hate that. I hate that line of who is the one that wanted to draft the guy? Everybody. Who is the guy who decided that we wanted everybody? Well, we know that that's not the case, but you GM types always tell us, oh, yeah, we were all aligned in our room. We all had Johnny Joe, who we picked at 19th, as first on our board. Oh, it really, every single person in the room thought that, Floyd. <laughs> I hate that. I want to know who to blame. That's why I hate that. I want to know who to blame for Vince Young. Do I blame you? Do I? I want to know. Let's go to your phones. Jared and the GM, we're talking John Robinson. How do you feel about Now, okay, tell me if this is fair. I've said strike two on John Robinson, which I'm sure you hate when I say that. But I have said that. If strike three is swinging and missing on the next quarterback... Is that fair? Like, if he gets to pick a quarterback this year and then gets two or three years of that quarterback and that quarterback fails, then is that fair to say that that's strike three on John Robinson? Well, I mean, what's the rest of the draft? I mean, you know. I mean, if he drafts... Hey, now you're 14 and two, and you got to go for the quarterback. Yeah, he drafts 20 guys, and 18 of them are all pros, and the quarterback isn't, then... See ya. Strike three. You out. It's like arguing balls and strikes. You out. Phones we go. Nick is up first on John Robinson. Thank you for calling. Go ahead, Nick. Nick. Okay, call us back. Let's go to Carl. Who's up next on John Robinson? Thank you for calling. Go ahead, Carl. Hi, yeah, well, uh, fella, we all know that any general manager that inherits a quarterback that he didn't draft, he always gets a free pass for that. So he's going that that we always we all know that. Okay, so but but, but let me ask that, you this, Carl: Should John Robinson get a free pass for that? Because when when he was hired, he was hired one year into Mariota's career. He knew what he was walking into. I think, Jarrett, man, I think that's a rule. I think that's in the NFL protocol. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it happens every every franchise. 
anywhere. I mean, oh, I so they always get a free pass if, they, if it's not the I, quarterback Dan Harris. That, that burns my rear end. Thank you for your call, Carl. That burns my rear end because Vrabel, I mean, Robinson deserves blame for Mariota because uh, he you, walked in and he remember, knew what he was getting himself into. Remember where he was? He was in Tampa. And they had a choice between the two quarterbacks. Which one did they take? Jameis Winston. Okay. But again, I rest hey, my case. Was that was that everybody in the room, or was I that with the J- Jason? He, he was director of player personnel, so I don't know if there was anybody else in the room, but I guarantee you, he was. But he didn't make that call. And remember, I want to know who. We, we don't know. That. I want like open ballots. Yeah. You know, after the draft, who liked who? But I go back to this, and with John Robinson, and it is that when he took this job, you don't think he sat down with Amy Adams Strong, and he thought. If he thought Marcus stunk, he wouldn't have sat down with her and said, hey, I really would love to be general manager of the Titans, but I think Mariota stinks. Would he have done that? Yes. Well, I doubt it. Why? Because you're not going to get the job. Well, then you, because you were there to help this guy. No, you, you want to get the job, which means you don't tell an owner that, hey, as soon as I get this job, I'm cutting the quarterback you just drafted in this number two spot. And the coach you just hired. And you, yeah, I mean, <laughs> then guess what? You're right back at Tampa as a director of personnel. Well, I don't like that. That's Instead dishonest. of a GM. I want an honest general manager. I don't want someone. I, I don't want. You're, you know what? You must is, have sat down with the owners and lied. Honest life, is you, whatever you have to do to get that job. That's odd. Because once you get the job, and you, you're running the thing on your own. You then, can do what you want. Then why don't you just let Pete tell Pete Carroll that he could, you know, that, you know, whatever, never mind. Let's go to Tyron and Brentwood, who's up next. Thank you for calling. Go ahead, Tyron. Oh, Uncle Floyd, Uncle Floyd, Uncle Floyd, man. Very seldom does the nephew disagree with the uncle, but I got to <laughs> disagree with you here, my friend. Hey, man, I don't care why he fired Malarkey, whether it's, whether it's because he wouldn't fire Rabisky, that's irrelevant. Now, the bottom line is you, you fired a, player, a coach that won your first playoff game at the time in 12 years, and when you find a coach of, of that that does that, you got to bring in something better. Not nine and seven, and then this year looks like it's going to be a catastrophic seven season. So you got rid of the coach, and the coach you brought in ain't cutting the mustard, and your quarterback's doomed. And when you fired Malarkey, that's the last time Mariota had promise. Since then, he's been nothing. Now, is that all on the coaches? No. Mariota's been bad, and he's made bad decisions. But the bottom line is this, and this is the thing people forget. I think he went against Amy Adams' wishes. She would have liked Malarkey to say, and he went against that saying, I've got something better. I've got something that's going to be better for Marcus, and it's been a dumpster fire. So the bottom line is, I mean, there's, there's no getting around this, and he ain't going to get us like three, because I'm going to tell you right now, the way this season looks like it's going, he's out at the end of the year. If my theory don't come true, and it's probably not now, and I'm actually glad, because, boy, this is a bum franchise. Unless they can land Brady, they're gone. They're done. This is because they're not going to trust him to pick the next quarterback. Why should they? Why should no, they trust John Robinson to pick the next quarterback? Tyron, they will. Tyron, I don't. I don't know if they should. Tyron, I appreciate your call. I, I, I don't know if if I'm okay with John Robinson picking the next quarterback. Uh, I'm certainly not okay with him picking the next offensive guard, but. I don't know if I'm okay with him picking the next quarterback, but he is 100% going to get to pick the next quarterback. Whether it's a draft, whether it's a trade, 
I mean, I thought about this the other night. If you called Detroit and you offered Detroit a package that included a Dory Jackson and a number one pick, would they give you Matthew Stafford? Probably not, but maybe. And maybe that's the route J-Rob wants to go. I don't know what route he's going to want to go to get, get another quarterback. But he will, in my opinion, get to pick the next quarterback. I have no doubt about that. Yeah, I have no doubt either. I mean, I think that's a cinch. Chris is up next on Mike Vrabel. Thank you for calling. What's up, Chris? Uh, yeah, guys. Uh, I think uh, with, with Mariota being benched, it seems to me that Mike Vrabel and John Robinson have both effectively placed the security of their jobs in the hands of Ryan Tannehill. Because I, I get that you had to take Mariota out last week. It was terrible. You had to do something to win the game. I get that. But not to not start him this week and start Ryan Tannehill – to me, that's them saying that the quarterback has been the stem of all of the offensive problems when it's clear that the offensive line has been the issue. And for you to pull the starting quarterback before you try to do anything with the offensive line, shuffle some guys around, bring in Dennis Kelly, uh, that, I don't know, it just seems like they, they don't see the problem of the offense. They don't see it as the offensive line. They see it as solely the quarterback when we know that's not the case. Thank you, Chris. Is that fair? Is that fair? Uh, I, this is my – thank you for your call. They haven't put their job security in the hands of Tannehill. They've put it in whoever's the quarterback next year. Or whoever the... And Floyd's, Floyd told you that the ecosystem of the NFL. You got a coach, a quarterback, and a GM. Team doesn't win, coach gets fired. New coach gets hired, team doesn't win, quarterback gets fired. New quarterback comes in, team doesn't win, GM gets fired. I mean, I feel like that's kind of the ecosystem of the National Football League. It's kind of the the way it seems to work out a bunch of times. <laughs> 615-737-1025. More of your calls. 615-737-1025. Plus, with Ryan Tannehill in the mix, what does that mean for the Titans' chances of having success? We'll get to that next. It's Jared and the GM on ESPN 1025, the game. How much does this help, Ryan, that you've been through this whole rodeo before, that this is not your first time, obviously, stepping into a starting role, that you've dealt with all the you know, the pressures that come with a starting quarterback before? How much can you rely on that? Well, it's huge. I, you know, I've, I've played a lot of football. You know, I, uh, it's been a little while since I was a starter, right? A half a year or almost half a year. But... Um, it's nothing new for me to, to go out and play football. That's what I love to do. I love I love competing, like I said, and, and being on the field. So um, nothing new, just different color jerseys. Number 17 in the program, number one or two in the heart, I don't know, Ryan Tannehill, the starting quarterback of the Tennessee Titans. But as I said today, Floyd, it feels like he's renting the starting quarterback position. Like that it's not his position. It's like when you rent a car, right? And you're like in the car and you're like, well, let me move the seat up and let me put the radio station on and let me, you know, do whatever. But don't spill a drink now because you're... Yeah, you can't repaint it. Nope. You know, you are renting somebody else's car. And that's what it feels like Ryan Tannehill's doing. Is there any shot? Just any shot. Like how I think Vrabel will be a good coach wherever he goes after here. Is there any shot that Tannehill can actually be the franchise quarterback of the Titans? Sure. I mean, like any realistic possibility that five years from now, Ryan Tannehill is still a starting quarterback of the Titans. I mean, I, I, to be honest, I think I'd be surprised, but there's definitely a shot. 
I mean, this is why this whole thing is so exciting for him. Or has to be. Because I'm sure he has sat around with his wife and wondered those same things. Mm -hmm. You know, why am I not the quarterback at Miami? What happened? I think I should have been. And he's looking at all these guys that he's played with or knows or played against and watching what their careers look like. And they go, he's thinking to himself, I'm better than that man. man. Yeah, I'm better than that guy. And he's still playing. How does that happen? So this is his opportunity. Second chance. And and the truth is, if things continue the way they are and he ends up to start, Marcus will be looking for the same kind of spot next year. You know, he'll be looking for a spot where he can go in and he'll have a shot to, at some point in time to become a, a starter and hopefully remain the starter. Now, can he do it? I think everybody is going to look at Marcus around the country as like Blake Bortles. Now, I think he's better than Blake Bortles. But I think that's what people around the country. He's going to be the backup in Seattle next year behind Russell Wilson or, you know, Green Bay behind Matt LaFleur. I mean, uh, behind Aaron Rodgers or something like that. But, but no, I mean, and then if something happens to one of those guys, now Marcus has got his chance to go out there again. But I, I think there is a small part of me that hopes that Tannehill can be like the Tommy Maddox of the Titans, which is such a low bar. Yeah, I Although I bet Tommy Maddox scared I mean, you to death in the playoffs. I, I just want him to be able to go out and if he just goes out and functions. I mean, if he, if he can score 17 points a game, we'll win a bunch of games. I mean, that's what's so – it's not like, you know, we're not saying, hey, you've got to go out there every week and outscore Mahomes. We're not saying that. We're saying our defense can hold him to 16. Can you get 17? And, you know, there'll be a bunch of games he'll be able to. And there'll be a bunch of games he won't. So, I mean, if you don't turn it over, you don't mess it up. And I'm sure he realizes this. He looks at it and goes, yeah, okay. I think I can do that. Let's go to your phones. Loaded phone lines to get to live from Boomba's Craft Pizza and Tap House out here in East Nashville. Again, Preds Insiders coming up after us in Smashville live tonight, 7 to 8. That's 1003 Russell Street. Out here in East Nashville, come on out. Demetrius is up next here on Jared and the GM. Thank you for waiting. Go ahead, Demetrius. Hey, how's it going, guys? Love your show. Good. Thank you. Hey, I just wanted to bring up a point. Uh, Floyd, I get what you're saying, but you got to look at, like, even Alex Smith. He went through this. He went through it because he didn't have a line. He was shell-shocked for years. And then he got a line, and he did well. Then he went to Kansas City, and he did well. I know it's a very rare chance that that can happen, but when you get hit so much, these players get shell shocked, man. And they just, they just, you know, it's like ah, I'm gonna throw, and like you said, that whole ghost thing starts happening to him. So I think Mariota is just, he just, he just doesn't have confidence that he's not gonna get hurt or not gonna get hit. Thank you, Demetrius Floyd. What do you think of that? Because uh, I think there is a lot of truth some, to that. Some kind of validity, probably, to it. I mean, certainly the injury part. I mean, whether whether he consciously was thinking about it or not. I mean, he knew getting hurt would probably end his tenure here. Mm -hmm. So he's thinking to himself, God, don't get hurt. You know, do whatever you have, but don't get hurt. And if that's in your back of your mind, I mean, it's hard to play in the NFL doing that. I mean, I do think that any team that signs Mariota is going to say, you know, they, they ruined him in Nashville. His confidence was shot. He's going to come in here and get a fresh start. I mean, isn't that kind of what we're hoping happens with Tannehill? 
I mean, every, I mean I'm not expecting it, but just saying. every coach in the league, when when a guy has only been through now, here's two things we have to keep in in mind about Marcus. One is they've got five years worth of tape, mm-hmm. and that's his resume. Those years, and they may go back to his second year, but I doubt it. You know, they're going to look at this year, last year, and maybe the year before that. And you've got the injury thing. And they know that, hey, you know, can you count on this guy to play 16 games for you? Well, he's never done it. So I would say the answer to that is no. Well, I mean, for a lot of people, that's enough right there. Michael is up next on the Titans quarterback situation. What's up, Michael? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. I think that whatever we do for the quarterback in the future – Honestly, I think that we should keep Tannehill for at least this year and then the year following because if, regardless if we draft or trade for another quarterback, with the offensive line we have right now, it's just going to end up like Mario. They're going to get stacked five times a game. We're currently on pace to break the single-season stack record, by the way, which is not good for any quarterback, whether it's Tom Brady or Mario himself. So if regardless if we trade for Stafford, trade for Newton, draft, or draft Jake Fromm, whoever it's going to be, whatever their play style is going to be, if we don't improve the offensive line, they're not going to pan out no matter what. Thank you for your call. I agree with that. And at the same time, though, Tannehill today, I asked him about the sacks, and Tannehill was like, I mean, not to paraphrase, but Tannehill basically said it's not just the line. You know, there's a lot of reasons why their sacks are happening. Quarterback is one of them. And Tannehill's goal, I guess, is to eliminate the quarterback element of the taking the sacks. Well, and the one thing that that might help all of that, and I'm not saying it will, I'm not saying he would do it, but we all know that if if Marcus dropped back and was expecting a receiver to be at a certain spot at a certain time and he wasn't there, Marcus would take the blame for it. Mm-hmm. Tannehill's been in the league eight years. Tannehill threw a spot throw to Ferkser in a preseason game and didn't care if he was there or not. Tannehill, Tannehill, if you're not where you're supposed to be, I'm going to guess he's going to approach it. And he's going to say, what, what happened? You know, where, and, and that may be a difference, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know that, but well, I hosted maybe. A, I hosted a Q&A with Delaney one time for Pepsi, and at it, Delaney said that the, one of the things that Marcus did – was there were times where things were Marcus's fault or were not Marcus's fault and he would take the blame for it and everybody in the room would be like, no, Marcus, it's not your fault. And Marcus would take the blame for it because that was Marcus's personality. Again, I don't know Tannehill's personality, but I'm with you. I think Tannehill's probably seen enough of this to say, no, 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 no. Tajay, you screwed up. Well, and Tannehill's fighting for his career. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, this is it for him. So he's... And he knows, I mean, he's going to be under pressure, and he knows there's pressure there's pressure packed. And if, in fact, I go out there and do all the right things and the receiver's not doing the right thing, I will tell him, you know, because I can't. I got my family to think of. I got this team to think of. I got all of that. I, I felt like when I asked Tannehill, and Ian, if you can grab that about the sacks, when I asked Tannehill about the sacks today, I felt like Tannehill was taking a lot of the responsibility off the offensive line. Injuries have been a part of your past, and sacks have been a problem here. Uh, how do you keep yourself from, I don't want to say, you know, getting killed, but with the sacks being what they are, how do you keep yourself healthy this way? 
it all works together. You know, a quarterback has to get the ball out, um, the line has to block, and the receivers have to get open. It's uh, it's a function of all three working together, and uh, I don't think it's been any one thing so far this season. It's unfortunately been a kind of combination of, of all three things. So we all have to control what we can control and, and execute the way we we're coached to and we're expected to. So uh, really we just need to come together as an offensive unit and, um, and execute. So, I mean, it really, the way it's, it felt like it sounded to me was, hey, like it's really not all the offensive line's fault, which Vrabel's been trying to say no one's been listening just because the line sucks. But and, and, and I think that's right. And I think that, you know, the part that really ticks you off or ticks me off is that two of those things you can fix right now. Yeah. You know, you can get the ball out on time. And you can do what you're supposed to do. And the receiver can get where he's supposed to get. Now, the rest of that, you can talk about it. You can what? But, I mean, if you're an offensive lineman and you're blocking, you know, Aaron Donald, guess what? You're going to get beat. Well, there were a couple times in the Denver game where Mariota was dodging ghosts out there but had time, but no one got open. And then there were a couple times even where Tannehill got sacked because nobody was And open. see, I think, I think Ryan will say something about that. You know, he's going to say, hey, you know what? I'm getting killed back here. If you're supposed to be right, you get your butt there, and I'll put the ball on you. Right back to the phones next. Your thoughts on this, 615-737-1025, Jerry and the GM, live out of Boomba's Craft Pizza and Tab House, 1003 Russell Street, Smashville Live tonight, 7 to 8. Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. They're proud supporters of the Nashville Predators and of the Tennessee Volunteers. The weather is starting to get a little cool outside. Make sure your heater is rocking and ready to go. Get a tune-up from Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. They'll come right out to your home once you set an appointment. It's easy. Go online, happyhiller.com, and you can schedule yourself an appointment today. Hiller will get right back to you. Hiller will come on out. Hiller will take great care of your home. I know this because that's what I do for my home. They've got true transparency pricing, which allows you to know what you're paying for, why you're paying for it. It's what separates them from the other guys. No special fees or hidden rates. That's why I absolutely love using Hiller at my home. That's Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. Of course, call the Happy Face Truck today. They're proud supporters of the National Predators and of the Tennessee Volunteers. 615-737-1025 is the phone number you want to get in. 615-737-1025. Jared and the GM at ESPN 1025 again. I think it's an opportunity for me to learn, um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make the most of it. Uh, no matter what, each and every single day, I'm going to approach it with uh, the mindset of just to learn. And, um, you know, it is what it is, and uh, I'll be better from it. That was Mariota today. He's going to try to learn. I don't know what you can learn now that you haven't learned as a starting quarterback or what have you. Let's go right back to your phones as promised, unless, Floyd, do you have something you'd like to add? Nope. Let's go to the phones. Let's go to the phones. JP is up next on Marcus Mariota. Thank you for calling. Go ahead, JP. Hey, what's going on, guys? JT from Franklin, Kentucky. First-time caller. Love the show. You guys do a great job. Thank you. Um, I just want to say uh, I kind of view the Mariota-Tennessee thing as like a failed marriage. You know, the first couple of years were great, and over time they fell out of love with each other, and it's just not working anymore. Uh, I think Mariota would be a great quarterback somewhere else, but I think their time together has passed. I think everybody would be better off if both sides move on. I don't think it's one, one person's fault. I think uh, it has a lot to do with both sides. The offensive line is terrible. Uh, coaching is terrible. 
And one thing I've noticed uh, the most, I think, that hampers their game is they never, ever throw the ball down the field. you got to throw the ball more than 20 yards down the field every once in a while or they're going to sit there back the line. They're not ever going to fear a long pass, and your, your running game is never going to get going. So uh, I think Mariota would be good somewhere else. Uh, but I think the time here's passed. Uh, I'll hang thank, up and listen to you guys thank, comment. Thank you, JP. It doesn't matter if you think the time's passed or not. The time's passed. It's over. And and JP's right from the standpoint that he, you know, he may he'll get another sh- shot or, or maybe a couple of shots someplace. If he gets you another know. true shot and he capitalizes on it, J. Rob's going to get in a lot of trouble around here. Because I mean, if Mariota goes like, let's say, like Teddy Bridgewater, right, and the Titans continue to stink. And Mariota goes to New Orleans and, you know, let's, you know, takes them somewhere or becomes a starting quarterback somewhere and takes them to the Super Bowl, uh, then the fan, then, then J-Rob will probably be in a lot of trouble. Oh. For having given up on Mariota and then it's more like, okay, you're the problem. Hey, we're acting like he just said, you know what? Did you see that sweater Marcus had on? That purple one, yeah, I'm cutting his butt. I'm tired of him. I'm getting him out of it. It's not what happened. It's not what happened. He played himself out of a job. That's what happened. And when you play yourself out of a job, doesn't mean you can't play. I'm not saying whether he can play or he can't play. But, I mean, right now for the Tennessee Titans in 2019, he can't play. Now, can he go someplace else and play? Very likely. I mean, I wish him well. I hope he does. But, I mean, it's not like you, you've got options on all these things. Let's go to Stephen, who's up next on Ryan Tannehill. Go ahead, Stephen. Hey, guys. Hey, um, I was calling. I'm not really a, a Titans fan, but obviously I live in Tennessee, but I was uh, I was listening earlier, and you guys were discussing the kind of the difference between Mariota and, and Tannehill, and how Mariota is kind of that reserved, and Tannehill may be different. And it kind of struck me that I, I think, and I I wanted to double check, so I did. But there was a story that Tannehill actually um, his last year in Miami, he actually called out uh, a rookie. I think it was a running back for a missed assignment in practice, and actually kicked him out of the huddle. Um, so he, I think that he's going to be a more vocal person than Mariota, and, and I think you know if you look at it in, in that area too, it was it was different because he did it in practice. He obviously didn't do it in the middle of a game to call him out, but it was he wasn't afraid to call him out for messing up, which is I think what the Titans actually need. Thank you for the call. I'm just reading this article right now. I think there's uh, something to that. I'm so I'm reading the article. By the way, the the little ESPN video that comes with it. And I'm not here to knock anybody from ESPN because in case anyone from ESPN is listening, they get mad when you do something like this. But, man, Ryan Clark, boy, I mean, I tell you, I love watching TV. There's no one who likes getting on TV and shouting more than Ryan Clark. So, anywho, the, the little video is Ryan Clark rips Tannehill for kicking running back out of huddle. But <laughs> Ryan Tannehill showed a surprise glimpse of, that, of midway through Dolphins practice Sunday when the quarterback yelled at rookie running back Kalen Bollage and kicked him out of the huddle after the running back missed a blocking assignment that resulted in a clean sack by Charles Harris. The typically reserved Tannehill temporarily stopped practice to show his displeasure with Bollage. He continued to get his point across to the rookie out of Arizona State. A little later in practice, too, Bollage seemed receptive to Tannehill's ribbing. So, I mean, at least he's done it once 
in his career. By the way, as I say that, they've got a Jalen Ramsey highlight on TV. Guess who's talking? Ryan Clark. Let's go to uh, Josh, who's up next here on Jared and the GM. Thank you for calling. Go ahead, Josh. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. Good. Hey, so if you guys want a anti-Mariota, go ahead and draft Joe Burrow. He gets you fired up. He throws deep. He's got good pocket presence. I'm going to go ahead and say it. Bomb for Burrow. That's it. Thank you for the call. I, I mean, I don't know how to evaluate these guys in college. How am I supposed to look at Joe Burrow at LSU where every player he plays with on the field is significantly better than every player he plays against and say, okay, Joe Burrow, I'm going to use a first-round pick on Joe Burrow. I'm not even convinced Joe Burrow is a first-round pick right now. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the last time I checked, I think he was like a one-two. But, I mean, that was before all these last few before games. Before lighting it up every so, game. Yeah, so he may, he may have skyrocketed. I don't know. You know I don't think Tua is that good? You don't think who's that good? Tua. <laughs> like, I, I don't think Tua is. Now, Trevor Lawrence, yes. But Tua, I don't think is a pro prospect. I don't love Tua like everybody else does. Like, the idea that the Dolphins are going to go out of their way on purpose to be bad so that they can get Tua, I don't vibe with that because – Tua, to me, is too injury-prone. I think he's too reckless with the football. And I feel like he's got a great line, and he's got the three best receivers in, in the country that aren't named C.D. Lamb. Well, there's no doubt about that receiving core. I mean, I don't think Tua – I look at Tua's body. Like, I look at Tua's body, and I'm like, he doesn't look sturdy enough to me. And it looks like at quarterback, he just is winging it out there. But you can wing it out there when you're playing Ole Miss and you've got, you know, Jalen Waddell and Jerry Judy and you got all of those guys out there that are running four two forties every snap. I mean, it's like the Kansas City Chiefs. Just just go straight. Throw it down the field. That's all you got to do. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not a huge Tua believer. I mean, Burrow, I, I don't know. From I don't think so, but uh, I mean, again, I don't know. Pat is up next on the Titans' offensive line. Thank you for calling. What's up, Pat? Hey, what's going on, y'all? How are y'all doing? Hey, good. Hey, it doesn't matter who's going to be the quarterback. It could be anybody. When we have the offensive line that we have, they're on pace to beat, I think, the 2002 or 2004 Texans record for the most amount of sacks in a year. I think that they the only thing that they need to be doing right now is firing the offensive line coach. I'll hang up and listen. Oh, Thank so you. Wish. Thank you for the call. I so wish. I can't wait. They will fire. I'm convinced, and I don't know why I'm convinced of this, they will fire Keith Carter, the offensive line coach, at the end of the year, and I will be so happy when they do. What is the, what is the record for sacks? Anything, any idea? No. You're looking at me like I know that off the top of my head. I don't know. You got such a great memory. I thought you might pull that one out from someplace. I mean, I, I have no idea how I would know what the record of sacks is <laughs> in a single game. Um, I mean, I just put an NFL sacks record, but it's all about like individual players. So it's like Michael Strahan and then, Number you know, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. you know, single season allowed sacks. I mean, those early Texan teams are pretty terrible. And they used oh, to come yeah. in here. I, mean, they, I, I remember freaking still, out one year. He's still getting hit a lot now. I remember freaking out like the Texans' second year of existence. You guys went up there and almost lost the game. And I remember being like, what the hell's wrong with the Titans? Like, why are they going up there and almost to losing the Texans? to the Texans? Yeah. Do, do you remember Dominic Davis, the running back from LSU? Yeah. He ran all over you guys in that game. McNair made a miracle throw 
on fourth down that hit Drew Bennett in the end zone, ended up winning the game and clinching a playoff spot. And that game, I was like, did the Titans almost just lose to the Texans? <laughs> like, what, what, what's going I'm sure, you know, Floyd would have said, well, it's hard in the NFL every day. I'm sure there's probably something to that. <laughs> More of your phones, 615-737-1025. Plus, does Mike Vrabel, and the way he talked about Mariota and the goals he had for Mariota when he took the job, we'll revisit that. Does the fact that he's given up on Mariota, does that reflect poorly on him? We'll get to that next. Jared of the GM live from Boombox, Craft Pizza and Tap House out in East Nashville. Smashville live tonight at 7. Preds Insiders at 6. It's ESPN 1025 the game.